Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe! I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, Oven Mitt, co-host of this show, and Molly's right-hand gal. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. It's day two of Banana Week. And we just released our mystery recipe reveal in the last episode, as well as the shopping list, so that grown-ups have time to stock up on the ingredients you'll need to cook along with us in next week's grand finale cook-along. We recommend picking up these bananas early so they have time to ripen before next week's cook-along. In case you missed it, the recipe reveal and shopping list will be waiting patiently in our podcast feed for you, like a little present, a nice little audio gift with a cute kitchen bow. It's a little treat from us to you. That's right. So give it a listen and get ready for our finale next week. But today's episode will be packed with vitamin B. B6 to be exact as well as potassium and magnesium. We're going to get things peeling with a ripe round of tricky trivia. Then, Chad is back with an interview for Ask a Grown-Up, and we'll quickly grow overripe on your counter with a round of how-to time with Andrea. Ah, I'm so excited. Me too. This whole episode is going to be bananas. There's going to be a bunch of awesome info. It should all be very appealing. Let's stop monkeying around and get to the good stuff. There's no time to waste. This week will go from green to overripe in no time at all. Quick! Get to the theme! Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Mystery recipe. But in all seriousness, Molly, there's like a two-hour window where bananas are just right. You just gotta sit there and stare at them. It is very tricky, but there are so many amazing things to do with overripe bananas. I always stick them in my freezer so I can bake with them. That's bananas! Hey, boss. Hey, boss's boss. Parker! It's always good to see you, buddy. We were talking about freezing bananas. That's bananas! Exactly what I said! Great minds think alike. Speaking of great minds, let's make yours even greater. It's time for Tricky Trivia. Cotton fibers! Wait, this is my last round of Tricky Trivia, isn't it? It is, Parker. This season and your internship are quickly coming to an end. But Tricky Trivia will always live on inside of your heart. That might be sort of difficult. I feel like we need Molly for it, and I know she's got better stuff to be doing than just living on inside my heart. Logistically, I'm not even really sure how that would work. Oh, not literally, Parker. Like, who would pay for groceries? Do I pick up extra stuff? I know you like to test lots of recipes, Molly. And uh, not literally, Parker. I just meant the memories and the lessons learned. Oh, well then that's a Big yes from me, across the board. I'll never forget that egg yolks are different shades of yellow and that canola oil is really Canada oil acid. And that sweetened condensed milk can sit on the counter for weeks. 
It is fine to leave it in the fridge, though, Parker. I have noticed it laying around lately. Right. But this segment definitely has taught me so much. I'm excited to go out with a bang nana. Well, then let's do this. In Tricky Trivia, I will say a fact about our special ingredient theme, and you get to help the listeners guess whether it's true or false. Here's your first one. True or false, Parker? There are more than a thousand different varieties of bananas. Well, three things I've learned this season are the words I, don't, and no. And I think now would be an excellent time to use them. I don't know what the word variety means, Molly. Can you explain that a bit? Great question. A variety is another word for kind or type. So you may know the different kinds or varieties of apples, gala, Macintosh, jazz. Is it the same for bananas? Are there over a thousand of them? Cotton fibers. One thousand is a lot of different types of bananas. Of bananas. Banana. 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 You know when you say a banana a lot of times in a row and it starts to sound like gibberish? Banana, 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 Parker, you're procrastinating. I know, I know. Okay, 1,000 different types of bananas. At the store, I mainly just see one type of banana, the yellow kind. But I've also seen baby bananas, tiny little cute ones, and aren't there also red ones? Or maybe those are just really angry bananas. Plus there are plantains. I love to eat those fried. Mmm, mmm, mmm. But that's only four types of bananas. So false? Is that your final answer? Can I phone a friend? Mm, not really, no. Then, yes, final answer, false. It's actually true. There are more than a thousand varieties of bananas in the world. But that was a hard one, as most people in the U.S. just eat one variety called the Cavendish. That's the medium-sized yellow banana that you usually see in the store. But bananas are grown in over 150 different countries, and different varieties have names like Goldfinger, Ice Cream, and Nino. I would like one ice cream banana, please. You and me both. Okay, ready for your next one? Today, the most popular kind of banana is called the Cavendish, but that wasn't always the case. True or false? Before the Cavendish, a banana variety called the Big Mike was what almost everyone bought and ate in the U.S. Well, if there are so many different types of bananas, it would make sense that this one type that we all eat now isn't what we always ate, right? So, true. Correct. Before the Cavendish became the type of banana most commonly grown to be sold in the U.S., it was a banana called the Gros Michel, or the Big Mike. It was grown to be sold on a large scale starting in the early 1800s. But around 1940, a banana disease spread through banana crops. It was called the Panama disease. It really destroyed the banana crop. And by 1960, most farms had stopped growing it. The Big Mike is still available in some places, but the Cavendish is by far the most popular today. 
Have you ever noticed how banana-flavored candies don't really taste like bananas? That's because they were flavored after the Big Mike, which we don't really eat anymore. Wow, I just thought it was one of those candy things, like blue raspberry. Yes, I'm always saying that. What is up with blue raspberry? Beats me. Okay, last one. True or false, there is no museum dedicated to bananas. Well, if I've learned anything in my time here doing tricky trivia, it's that a true or false question with a big word in it, like no, never, or always, is always false. So false. You are so right, Parker. Both about the big words or absolutes and this question. Of course there is a museum dedicated to bananas. There's one in Mecca, California, called the International Banana Museum, in fact. They have more than 25,000 banana-related items in their museum. That sounds like an excellent road trip destination. I want to go sometime. Well, you can, especially now that your internship is just about over. Though we are very sad to see you go, now you can explore the world. I don't want to leave, Molly. How will I keep on learning all these amazing things? Some of the best learning I've done in my life, Parker, has been through traveling. There's so much out there in the world to learn from. It's time for you to take some time to explore it. And also, you are welcome to give me a call whenever you are really in need of a trivia fact. I've always got you there, even if that's an absolute. You've done such a great job in tricky trivia. Thank you, Parker. Oh, and, uh, Parker... I got you a little something to celebrate your last tricky trivia. You what? Cotton fibers, you are just the best, Mitzi. It's a button. It's a tricky trivia button. We always play the same music when you're trying to figure out the answer, and it seems like it helps you think. So, whenever you're stuck trying to think of the answer to a question or are trying to figure out something new, you can just press this button and your thinking music will play. Mitzi, this is the greatest gift ever. I almost don't know what to say. I have to think about it. I know. Thank you so much, Mitzi. You are such a great boss and friend. Gah! You got it, Parker. Anytime. What a thoughtful gift, Mitzi. I love it. All right. Up next, our friend Chad is back with another edition of Ask a Grown-Up. But first, it's time for a word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups. If you're anything like me, it's easy to let grocery shopping fall to the bottom of your to-do list. Kroger's grocery delivery service has taken the stress out of the process. You don't even need to leave your house. Shop online and get fresh groceries delivered to your house in as little as an hour. And who doesn't love a delivery? My daughter Olive sure does. It's a package. What do you think is in it? I don't know. This is all special for you, Olive. The nice people at Kroger sent us all these snacks just for you. Learn more at Kroger.com. What does that look like? A tree. A tree? It kind of looks like grapes, and what's that? I don't know. Hi, grown-ups. 
we wanted to tell you about Driscoll's Blackberries. Here at Mystery Recipe, we know that kids will always give us an honest take on any situation. So we gave them the mic and asked them some questions. Let's talk about blackberries. What can you tell me about them? Like sweet, but also taut. And juicy. Like it's a good balance. I don't really share my blackberries because they taste good. So they're all mine. Driscoll's worked hard to cultivate sweet and juicy blackberry varieties that have a delicious flavor. These kids love them, and we think yours might too. Find out more on how Driscoll's grows only the finest berries at driscolls.com. Okay, I gotta go. And we're back, just in time for Ask a Grown-Up. Take it away, Chad. Thanks, Molly. Today, I'm talking to Isaac McDaniel. Isaac is from Latrobe, Pennsylvania, where the very first banana split is said to be made in the year 1904. He is also the event director of the Chamber of Commerce for the town, which means he spends much of his year planning an event called the Great American Banana Split Celebration. Thanks for being here with us today, Isaac. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Isaac, I wonder if I can start by asking you to introduce yourself for us, please. Sure. My name is Isaac McDaniel, and I'm from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And that's where the banana split was invented. And I am the event director for the Great American Banana Split Celebration. That sounds like such a fun job. Uh, Before we get too much farther, though, I wonder if you can talk us through just quite simply, what is a banana split? So a banana split is a sundae, and it's got three scoops of ice cream, vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. It's got toppings. So on the vanilla, there's pineapple sauce. On the chocolate, there's chocolate sauce. And on the strawberry ice cream, there's strawberry sauce. You put that between a banana that's been split in half, scoop on some uh, whipped cream, some chopped nuts, and top it off with a cherry. That's a very specific definition. It's a very specific recipe that we try to follow here, uh, as close to the original as possible. That leads me to my next question. I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about David Strickler and uh, Latrobe, Pennsylvania's history with the banana split. Yeah, so back in 1904, uh, there was a young man named David Strickler, and he was a pharmacy student in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, And during the summer, he would work in a local pharmacy. And as part of that job, they would serve ice cream. And here in Latrobe, there's also a a college called St. Vincent. And the students here would come in, they'd uh, get their Sundays. And one day they asked for something a little bit different. So what he did was he took those three scoops of ice cream, um, put all the toppings on top, you know, take that banana, split it in half, and then stick it in between the ice cream. And uh, he sold it for 10 cents. Yeah, I mean, it was a a phenomenon that spread from here in Latrobe. The students at St. Vincent took it back to their hometowns and it just kind of went like wildfire. Fantastic. So then what do you say to people who might argue or disagree about Latrobe's claim to be the birthplace of the banana split? Well, there certainly are other towns that try to claim uh, the banana split as as being their own. And, um, you know, to that, I would say that 
because the banana split is so um, so special, we, we just love that everybody gets to enjoy it. Um, you know, everybody kind of has their own take on it. I gave our recipe uh, for the banana split and what we consider to be the original. But there's other places around in the United States and abroad that, um, you know, have their own take on a banana split with different toppings or uh, different uh, ice creams. So we're just glad that everybody gets to enjoy it. That's so nice to know that you can, you know, have this thing that comes from your town and really celebrate it and also just give everyone else space to celebrate this thing that you love and in, in however they want to as well. Yeah, we're just, uh, we're, we're glad to share it with the world. So then what is the Great American Banana Split Celebration? So the Great American Banana Split Celebration has its origins back to 2013. In 2013, we got a historical marker from the state of Pennsylvania, and we just kind of had this small gathering that year where we unveiled the marker um, at the pharmacy location uh, where the split was invented. And uh, since then, it's, it's really grown. So we've added music and stages, uh, more kids' activities. You know, it's a full weekend. We do it as close to National Banana Split Day as possible, which is August 25th. Um, and it's right before everybody goes back to school. So it's, uh, you know, it's just a good time to, to come into Latrobe, see people that you know, eat some good food, uh, do some shopping, activities, and of course, fix your sweet tooth up. And celebrate this very specific recipe that comes from Latrobe. That's right. Very specific. Amazing. For you personally, what does it mean to be an event director? What What is that job like? So my job as the event director is I kind of set the vision for the event every year, meaning that um, if there's you know certain activities that we want to do, I'm responsible for making sure that those actually you know happen. So it's a great way to share this with the, the community and and the region. And it also means I get to work with some really cool people. So I've got a lot of volunteers and staff members who help put this together. They bring ideas to the table and you know it's something that we work on throughout the year. So uh, it's really cool to have the event come together at the end of August, um, see everybody smiles, and uh, have them walking throughout town. That's great. We talk a lot about working with the community on our show, and this sounds like another way to really just be involved in the community around you and work hard to make something nice that everyone can come and enjoy. It's really nice to be able to, to share this with the community and also uh, with the greater Pittsburgh region. And so it's, it's really cool. I get to be an ambassador for Latrobe, for Banana Split, uh, which is really great uh, for our local businesses and um, you know, getting people to, to come into town and see what all there is to offer here. That's so nice. And it's it's important to think about when you stumble upon, you know, a celebration, no matter what town you're in, somebody put a lot of work into making all those things happen so that you can come and enjoy it. Yeah, there certainly is a lot of uh, volunteers that, that help out that I'm so grateful for every year. Uh, so enjoy a banana split and just re- remember that it came from here in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. That's great. 
Isaac, this was a wonderful conversation and really has me craving a banana split. So thank you so much for the conversation. I think I need to go and make one. Thanks so much, Isaac. Thanks for having me and uh, everybody enjoy a banana split. Cotton fibers. What an interesting person. Pretty neat, huh? They must love their job bunches. Nice one, Mitzi. Speaking of someone who loves their job, it's Andrea. Hey there, Andrea. Hi, Molly. Hi, Mitzi. Andrea is a test cook here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and things like the Young Chefs Club boxes. Grown-ups, you can find out more about what Andrea's been working on by going to atkkids.com. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Parker, are you ready for our lesson? I am, but I'm also worried. What if I didn't learn enough this season? Oh, I wouldn't worry about that, Parker. In my opinion, you can never learn enough. Wait, what? Does that mean I'm going to be an intern forever? No, Parker, no need to panic. I just meant that as chefs and as people, we are always learning. No matter how long you keep cooking, you'll never reach a point where there's nothing left to learn. Every new cooking technique, ingredient, or cuisine you learn about makes you an even better chef. As a test cook, I feel like I still learn something new every single day. Wow, I never thought about it that way. Now I'm excited to keep learning, even after my internship is over. That's great. Never stop being curious. There are plenty of cooking techniques we didn't cover this season and all kinds of information about food and cooking to level up your culinary skills. With that in mind, should we get to today's lesson? Yeah, I'm revved up and ready to know. More things. What are we learning about today? Since it's banana week, we're going to learn how to tell when fruits and vegetables are ripe. Oh, I know this one. You look at them. That's definitely part of it. What else? You ask them politely? Getting colder. What would you be looking for if you were trying to pick a ripe banana, for example? I would look for it to be yellow, not green. Green would mean it was underripe. That's right, Parker. Many fruits and vegetables start out green and then change colors when they ripen like bell peppers, berries, or tomatoes. Take our ingredient of the week. An underripe banana is green, a ripe banana is yellow, and an overripe banana will start to develop brown and black spots. Overripe? What's that? Fruits and vegetables have a specific period of time when they're perfect to eat, but it doesn't last forever. If you hang on to fruits and veggies for too long, they'll become overripe and won't be as good to eat anymore. But that seems like a waste. Is there anything you can do with overripe bananas? Sometimes overripe, but not spoiled, produce can still be good to cook with, even if you wouldn't want to eat it raw. An overripe tomato maybe wouldn't be great on a sandwich, but you could use it in tomato sauce instead. Overripe bananas may be too mushy to eat on their own, but they're great to use in baking, like in banana bread. Spoiled produce isn't safe to eat, though. Anything that has mold growing on it is definitely not safe to eat and needs to be thrown away. Or composted. Good call there, Mitzi. 
Composting is when you save organic waste, vegetable peels, eggs, coffee grounds, things like that, and put them aside to use in a garden or send to a community compost pile. Okay, that makes sense. But back to our lesson. It's also interesting to note that some fruits can only ripen when they're growing on the plant. These are called non-climacteric fruits. Other fruits, called climacteric fruits, will keep on ripening and ripening until they get overripe after they've been picked. Well, that makes sense, too. And because bananas keep on ripening on your counter, they are climacteric? Exactly. Climacteric fruits like bananas, apples, avocados, and peaches all produce ethylene gas. This gas is a signal that tells the fruit to ripen. So as they sit, the fruits tell themselves and each other to get riper and riper and riper. Non-climacteric fruits like pineapples, grapefruit, lemons, strawberries, and grapes don't produce ethylene after they're picked, and so often need to stay on the plant until they get fully ripe. Are there other ways besides color to check if produce is ripe? Yes. One really important one is touch. Unripe fruits and vegetables will feel very firm to the touch and can feel hard when squeezed. Ripe ones, on the other hand, will be less firm when squeezed. When picking out fruits or vegetables, it's a good idea to give them a gentle squeeze. If they give a little, that's a sign they're ripe. Okay, so check for color, gentle squeeze, anything else? There's one more way to check for ripeness, smell. Ripe fruits and vegetables will smell more fragrant than unripe ones. Well, that's why I always see people booping mangoes with their noses at the grocery store. Yep, they're smelling them. You thought they were doing what? Booping them with their noses. Like a boop. Just a little boop. Well, no. Mangoes are a great fruit to give all three of these tests a try. Their rind will change from green to orange or red, which you can see just by looking. They will be softer and give a little when squeezed if they're ripe. And they give off a sweet mango smell when they're ripe. Wow, I want to go to the store right now and find all the ripe stuff. Thank you, Andrea. Anytime, Parker. Oh, wait, Andrea, I brought you something as a thank you. Did you really? That's very sweet. Here. It's a little triangular sign that says reserved on it. Yep, for when I open up my diner. That way, you can come in and reserve any seat you want, anytime. Because there will always be room for you at my table. Parker, that is so sweet. I realize you'll have to... You know, be there already to put the sign up. But you can just call me and then bring the sign with you whenever you get there. It's more symbolic. It's perfect. Thank you. I can't wait to come and hang out at your diner someday soon. And try all the delicious dishes you dream up. In no small part, thanks to all I've learned from you. You're the best, Andrea. I'm not as great at goodbyes, but... I'm sure I'll see you again soon. So let's just say, until next time. Sounds great to me. Until next time, Parker. Until next time. Uh, I'm not crying. You're crying. 
There's something in my eye. Okay, fine. I'm crying. The sign. Did you see the little sign they made? I did. What a sweet and thoughtful gift, Parker. Well, that's about all the time we have today. And I think that's my last segment this season. Well, not quite. We are certainly going to need your help in the finale next week. Cotton fibers. I am ready to put these kitchen techniques I've been working on to good use. We can't wait, Parker, but we will have to just a little bit. Before the finale, we have one episode left of Banana Week. We'll be back next time to bake our way to some sweet science in our pressing questions segment, followed by something bananas in our wildcard. If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you like our show, leave us a review. I love the stars. It helps other people find us. Until then, keep on on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a bottle of Heinz tomato ketchup. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a cupcake. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a salty, sweet chocolate chip cookie. Megan Bagala was the associate producer for this episode. She's a vegetable frittata. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. He's the cherry on top. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a fizzy drink. Our post-production supervisor is Ken Margolis in Artichoke. Our production manager is Diane Knox, who is also broccoli. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a garden-grown green zebra tomato. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a homemade ravioli. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, our deputy editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, assistant editor, Katie O'Hara, Senior Editor Afton Cyrus, Test Cook Andrea Vavjan, and Test Cook Cassandra Laughlin. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Neo Sihi. Ask a Grown Up was produced by Eve Bishop. Special thanks to Isaac McDaniel from the Great American Banana Split Celebration. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. So, Parker... Are you going to miss me or Oliver the most after your internship? Hmm. Hey, that wasn't supposed to be a very hard question. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win.